good afternoon, Say What fam. I am so glad to be talking to you guys this afternoon. I mean, when you're hearing this, it'll probably be the morning, but I'm recording it at 3.30 p.m. on Monday because, like I said on Instagram, guys, I recorded this last week and it was just trash, honestly. TBH, it was trash. It was truly trash. So, we're recording again, backing up. Honestly, I just was recording it with a lot of anger, wasn't giving a lot of grace, I was jumping around a lot, and when we went to edit it, God was like, uh, no, we ain't doing that. So, here we are again, take two on this episode, but um, I did want to start out just thanking everybody for the response about my vaginismus. Guys, you came through just encouraging me sharing your stories with me. And what I am learning is that we are not alone. Guys, we're all in this together, struggling in some way, shape, or form. And we're not alone. And that is literally the reason I created this podcast was that so that way no one has to feel alone in their struggles. And so I just, I've had so much encouraging words spoken to me this week. And I'm just so, so grateful for this community because I just think back to that moment when I was in the doctor's office, just completely alone, finally got the diagnosis and just felt like the only person in the world. And this week just shows me that I'm not alone, that we're all in this together and that um, this is just a family here. This really is. And so thank you guys so much for sharing with me, for telling me your stories, because I've just had so many people reach out and tell me their stories, which I also love. I want to hear your story. I want to hear where you're at, how you've experienced sex and what you grew up thinking about it and just all those things and so thank you guys so so much for the response and for the response about the Facebook group and wanting to join so we're gonna step definitely start building that community and talk about things and learn from each other's experiences and um, it's just it's been a really awesome week with the response that I've got so thank you thank you thank you I can't say thank you enough Um, So today, the way that I want to talk about purity culture is I'm talking about how purity culture affected me. Um, Because as I was recording this last week, I just was trying to talk about it from a big picture and just how everyone's affected by it. And, you know, I think that's where my anger came from. And so this is today talking about how it affected me. And it, I think it's really funny how today is the day I'm recording this again on Monday because I had a physical therapy appointment today for my vaginismus. And guys, it was just really defeating, if I'm being honest. I walked out of there like, there is no hope. I'm just going to keep getting medicated all the time. There's no other option besides medication. And I'm tired of taking that. I don't like this numbing stuff that they gave me to try. No one wants their pelvic floor numbed I don't like the feeling of my vagina being numbed and that's what they're trying to giving me is not my only option and so I clearly purity culture has affected me and I just experienced that full force today at my physical therapy appointment so I don't think it's an accident that I'm talking about this today and how it affected me personally so just know this is very personal Um, like I said, I do think there's a combination of reasons of why I have vaginismus, but a big one is the way that I've viewed sex for so long. And so that's what I'm talking about today is, is how purity culture, um, shaped my view of sex. And clearly I am still trying to overcome that because I was at physical therapy today. And guys, I told you we're going to be real and honest. And so 
I'm coming in today saying that I'm defeated with this journey. Um, and I call it a journey because I think it's something I'm always going to be striving towards. I believe I'll be cured one day. And while I can have pain-free sex right now, I'm still not cured because anytime anyone else goes to touch me, I clench up and hurt again. And that's exactly what happened today. So we're just, we're pushing through. One negative appointment is not going to stop me from continuing to to be healed one negative appointment is not going to continue to give me or it's not going to take away my hope I still have hope for a cure um but I just wanted to tell you guys that because I don't think it's an accident that that happened today while I'm going to be talking about purity culture so I did want to um just bring that up and also I want to start with um saying as I'm talking about how talking about sex a lot I do want to say that I believe that sex is beautiful it's intimate it's an emotional physical spiritual experience that's unlike anything else like I can't there's nothing else that I can compare sex to and so I just think it is absolutely incredible something that God designed for marriage and so I believe that if you are a Christian that got something that God is clear about is he designed sex for marriage so I do still believe that I want to make that clear I feel like I've probably not been super clear about that in some of my episodes um, and I do want to have a conversation about that later um, but I know the Bible is clear about that. I know it's also not super clear about how far is too far, but Thomas and I did record an episode talking about that. So if you want to go check that one out, just go search how far is too far on the podcasts um, and you'll you'll find that one so you can look at there and give that um, a listen. But I do want to say that as much as I'm talking about sex in a negative view, I do think it is beautiful and something that God created. And so um, I've definitely... Didn't think that for a long time, and I think that now, but I do want to just preface it with that. And also, um, next week, we are going to have a where do we go from here episode. So this week, I'm talking about how it fully just affected me, um, and I know that this is going to be talked about from just a strict husband and wife perspective, and so I know that I'm um, leaving out anything that is not husband and wife as far as sex, and that's a whole other issue that I'm going to talk about later, Um, but just know I'm talking about this from my personal experience, and so next week I want to talk about how do we go from here? How do we change our mindset? How do we, um, what are some resources that have helped me shift my thoughts around sex, and what are some resources that have helped me learn about sex and learn about it in a positive way? Um, some books and some studies that I'm doing right now. So next week we're going to talk about that because um, this one's going to be, a, it's, it's it's hard, it's emotional, it's, it's not necessarily super fun, but I think we can all relate to it. And I know that we can because I know some of you have reached out and said like, hey, this is what it taught me. And I'm like, I heard the same thing. <laughs> so we're talking about that, but next week is going to be the week where we talk about the good stuff and how we can get better and ways we can improve and all those things. That's coming next week. So while this one may end on like a, man, well, she didn't give me anything good about sex. Thought, just hold on. Next week, we're going to come out and talk about how we can have a good conversation around sex. So let's jump in. I was prepping for this and I was like, okay, what, how did purity culture affect me? And I basically have six reason or six ways that purity culture affected me so we're just going to talk through those today um and I'm going to kind of give some details about how they affected me share some stories but this is how purity culture has affected me 
the first way that it's affected me is it gave me a negative view of sex. It only said that sex was bad if you have it before marriage. And the minute that you signed a paper saying that you are married, sex is now beautiful. It's now okay. And that's all. But there wasn't any true explanation as to why it's okay when you're married. Um, people have told me, you know, the scripture says that it's for husband and wife and when you have your spouse. And um, if and some people even said there's scripture saying that if you can't stand it, you should get married and just have sex. And I don't necessarily think that's true either. But there wasn't ever too much of an explanation of why you should wait until you're married to have sex. And so it just always talked about it from a shameful perspective. And it also wasn't really talked about too much either. And so when you don't spend time talking about something, that creates shame around it because it's in the dark. And then Satan really uses that to his advantage. And so the times that it was talked about, it wasn't always talked about in a positive light. And so I always viewed sex as this dirty thing, this thing that you, if you did it, you were not a good person. Um, It wasn't something that you should talk about. And in reality, like, everyone is having sex. And so we should talk about that more. If it's something that everyone is doing, then why aren't we sharing about it? Why aren't we sharing the experiences that we have? Why aren't we sharing the things that have made it better, the things that made it worse? And and why aren't we sharing why we feel like it's something we should wait until marriage? I feel like um, the way it was talked about was always from a perspective of this is why you shouldn't do it. Um, this it, because it's bad, you could get pregnant or it's a sin, but they never really landed on the good parts of it. And so it just gave me such a negative view on sex and negative view of sex clearly has led to me having vaginismus. And I know I'm not the only person that has experienced that. Like I said, I'm, um, in a group with people who've also shared that experience as well. So I know I'm not the only one who has that, but um, yeah, it just, it gave me a really negative view of sex and it, to the point where I thought like if anybody was having sex before they were married, that they were bad and they were a terrible person and they're going to hell. And that's just like the worst kind of thought process to have. I definitely labeled those people um, as whore and slut. And those are also two words that I don't even think are real and exist. And we can talk about that later. But uh, I don't think that's actually true either because everybody has their own view of sexuality. And so who am I to put that label on somebody? But um, I just had also labeled them because I had such a negative view of sex. And so that's the first thing that how first way that purity culture affected me. And the second way purity of culture affected me is it did not allow me to desire sex at all. It was always talked about from the point of view of men always wanting sex and are always horny. And if the woman desires it, she's labeled a whore or a slut, like I said a second ago. And I, like I said, don't think that those exist, but you were just immediately labeled that if you wanted to have sex, it was always talked about from the man's point of view. And that's all he thinks about. That's all he wants to do. He's watching porn because of it. He's thinking about you because of it. If you look any kind of way, he immediately wants to have sex with you. And I was taught to protect myself and have boundaries around myself um, because boys would try to push it. But as a teenager, like I wanted to have sex and no one really shared with me, like if a girl wants to have sex. So I was like, this is real weird that I like have this drive and this desire. And as a teenager, I wasn't really into drugs or drinking or anything like that. It was for me, I just, I wanted to have sex all the time. 
And um, I didn't because I, like, had a major fear of it. Um, but I wanted to. I did everything else. That's not great either. But um, because I just felt like there was this invisible line that everything else doesn't count. It's actual just, like, legit penetration that makes it sex and that's also not true either it's all under the same umbrella um but yeah I was just always taught to protect myself and set these certain boundaries because boys are going to want to have sex with you they're going to come for you all the time they're going to think about you in that way and and they're going to think about porn and no one ever really talked about females watching porn or our desire to watch porn that never happened either um it was always from the guy's perspective and so it just never led or never gave me any space to desire sex. And when they talked about you having a husband or a wife, um, having a husband one day, it was like, hey, he's always going to want to have sex with you, so be ready. And you have to act like this and do this so he likes you, so he wants to have sex with you. And, and I'm like, but that wasn't the case in my marriage. I wanted to have sex a lot more than he did. So what do I do about that? Am I weird? Am I broken? Like, I don't understand because I was just never given that room. I was never given the space to have that desire to have sex. It was either I was labeled as a whore if I wanted to have sex um, or there was just no space for that at all. It was never brought up. It was never even a question. It was like, or, or a woman's too tired and doesn't want to have sex. That was part of it as well. And I'm like, well, that's not true either. I want to have sex all the time. So it's just, it never gave me any space to. And so when I found myself in my marriage and I wanted to have sex more than him, that was really hard for me to figure out. I had no idea what to do about it. I had no idea how to approach my husband. I, I felt like I was the only one in the world. It, it gave me... Um, these thoughts about myself, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not sexy enough, I'm not pleasing him the right way when we do have sex, like, it just never, um, it never was positive for me, because I'm like, I want to have sex, and my husband doesn't want to, and so no one ever talked to me about that, so they never gave me the room to desire sex, and I talk actually a lot about that in my very first episode that came out, where I talk about how sex is for you too, talking about the women and so you can dive into that later and listen to more of that. But yeah, I just, I, could, I couldn't have a desire to have sex. It was just like, out of the question, nope, it's only men. Only men want to have sex. And so that just leaves us out of the whole conversation. And that was really hard for me to grasp um, when I got married and was, quote, allowed to have sex. It was, it was a really hard concept to grasp that it was okay that I desired it too. And that it was okay that I wanted to have sex too. Um, and the third way that pretty culture affected me is that it sexualized my body and made it my fault if a boy stumbled. Okay, we all went to youth camp. Well, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us probably went to youth camp. And you know at youth camp, there's a pool or a lake. And you know how the girls, we always had to have on a t-shirt and gym shorts over our bathing suit but the boys could have the shortest swim trunks in the world and they didn't have to wear a shirt and it was always told to us that you it can't you can't let a boy stumble if he sees you in a bathing suit he's gonna let you stumble to the point where I even had a boss one time when I was 16 I was watching kids for a celebrate recovery program so just a regular old job I was watching kids and my boss like sat me down and had this whole conversation with me about if I would wear a bikini it would be my fault if a boy thought about me later and I'm like um so you're making my body super sexualized okay like 
that is just already putting it on me that it's my fault if a boy stumbles when no one's talking about how we should teach boys to protect themselves and to not look at women that way, to see us the way that Jesus sees us. Where's that conversation? It's not happening. Um, it's, it's really not. It's just always focused on the girl and it's our responsibility to protect the men. And that's not true. It is the men, man's responsibility to not view us as an item or an object to be had. And making us cover up makes our bodies an object. And women, girls listening, we are not an object to be had. And so if you are struggling with that and that thought, I want to take that away right now. Your body is not an object to be had. You're not seen that way. Jesus loves you and has cared for you and thinks that you are beautiful and wholly made in his image. And that's what we should focus on when we're teaching our kids about sexual desire is that it's not man versus woman. It's in general, just when you do have sexual desire, because we all have it. And so Telling a woman to cover up also just creates that shame that we should be ashamed of our bodies. I really enjoy wearing bikinis because I feel super confident about myself. And does that label me as something else? No, it shouldn't, but it does in society. It does in beauty culture just because I feel confident about my body and it makes me feel good about myself. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying at youth camp we shouldn't ask people to cover up, but if you're asking the girls to cover up, you better absolutely ask the boys to cover up. And I say that because there should not be any type of, like I said, man versus female. It should just be all of us. Let's all cover up. Because that also goes into the conversation about dress codes and how women always have to dress modestly. And that's always listed under the woman's dress code. Women's dress code is like 15 pages long. And man's is just like khakis and a t-shirt and that's it if that and so why why are we separating it why is it always a woman's body is sexual and a man's body is not and that also goes back to what I was saying a minute ago it gives women no no space to have desire to have sex because if the man isn't covered up I can tell you at the youth camps that I went to if boys were shirts were off I was looking it turned me on I got really excited about it but nobody talked about that. Nobody cared about that. Nobody had those conversations with us. It just was like just nothing, like no no space for that. And so it, again, created the narrative that women can't have a desire to have sex. And so just the, the whole thing around sexualizing our bodies is that if we're made to cover up and other people aren't and men aren't, and that just, again, show, makes my body an object and it's just not. It's really not. And there's no other way to say it. My body is not an object. And asking me to cover up, but not asking a man to cover up, creates that narrative that women are an object to be had, an object to be looked at. And the fourth way that purity culture affected me is it made premarital sex, quote, the worst sin in the world. I talked about this a little bit on the episode last week, but I want to I want to talk about it again. That quote from Mean Girls that says like, don't have sex, you will get pregnant and then you will die is literally how I viewed it. Like I viewed premarital sex as the absolute worst sin in the entire world. And I even had it so twisted in my mind that I just thought like actual penetration was the worst thing in the entire world. Like I was okay if I was doing everything else. I wasn't going to go to hell because at least I wasn't having sex. Even though oral sex is sex, fingering hand job is sex. Like it's all under the same umbrella. But I just had that like completely separated in my mind because I had sex on a pedestal as 
penis and vagina sex is the worst thing in the world because it just constantly pounded into our head that it is like the worst in the world because when we did talk that's what it was talked about or we did talk about sin that was one that was always listed first and I'm like well why didn't we talk about like not being or lying to people and not being honest and why gossiping is a sin and why um jealousy and envy are a sin and why um eating too much and gluttony why that's a sin like those things weren't talked about. It, it was mostly like sex is the worst sin and drugs and alcohol and not living the quote pure life. That's the worst thing in the world. When in Jesus's eyes, it is not that way. Jesus sees sin all on the same level. And so that's why it, it was so hard for my head to make the switch between sex is bad and now sex is good because I viewed sex as the worst sin in the world. And that is just not true. That is not biblical. That is not what Jesus views sin as. If we confess that we love Jesus and every day are striving towards chasing after him and doing what he asks and being in conversation with him, then he doesn't see our sin. And so if we are constantly going to him, asking him to convict us when we needed, listening to the Holy Spirit, then that's exactly what we should be doing. And so the fact that we just put sex as this like worst sin in the world is just not true. It's not biblical. And that's why I just couldn't make this switch of sex was bad and now sex is good. Because um, I just thought it was the worst sin. And honestly, I'm very scared of hell very, very, very scared of hell. I don't want to go to hell. And so I was like, oh God, if I have sex, I'm going to hell, but it's okay if I'm lying to everybody I know and I'm not being truthful and I am prideful about everything I do. That doesn't matter because at least I'm not having sex. And that's not, that's not the right way to think friends. So, um, it just made sex the worst sin in the world. And that's just not true. Um, it's Jesus sees sin the same way. So, that was another way that purity culture heavily affected me. And the fifth way that purity culture heavily affected me was that my husband would not see me as worthy or as whole or beautiful if I had sex before him. He would see me as used, um, as being, quote, deflowered or, or having, quote, a broken vagina because he wasn't the first person to enter it. But it was always expected that the husband would have already had sex coming into the marriage. And so it was it was expected that they would do it. So we were like prepared that they had probably already had sex before. But the women, oh gosh, we could not have sex before we came into marriage because our husband would not love us. And we'd have to sit down and have this whole conversation about how we were intimate with all these other people before him. And we just needed to be okay with the fact that he had probably already slept with other people. And that's just not great either because I just had put a lot of um, shame around the stuff that I had done before I was married. Because um, like I said, I did do other things, not quote penis and vagina sex. I didn't have that sex, but I did other things before I was married. And I remember having the conversation with Thomas, explaining those things to him and telling him what I had done. And I just felt so much shame around it. And I was like, man, he's probably not going to want to marry me because I've done all this stuff. And he's probably not going to want to be with me because he's not the first person I'm going to experience this with. And that's really bad. But you know, he, he might've already, I don't know if he had sex before, but that's okay if he did. Um, and that narrative is just not okay either because I want my husband to view me the way that Jesus views me. 
And Jesus sees me as beautiful and whole and made perfectly in his image. And so I don't want anyone to view what they have done as shameful. And I do think there's a difference. I want to make this clear of like the things that you do before you're married also do have a major impact on your on your worth and um, on who you are. And so we'll talk about that stuff later. I'm talking about like the um, just being intimate in other ways besides penetration. So I, I, I'll touch on that in a different um, podcast episode. So let's, I um, want to talk about that later. Um, cause that also does play a big role as well, but I just felt so much shame around it. Not because of the acts that I had done, just because of how I thought he would view me. And that's just another way of me having a negative view of sex is that he's going to see me as use and he's not going to want me. And so it was also hard for me to make that switch in my head that even though I've done these things, it's okay. He still wants me. And even if he did have sex, well, that's okay because that's just what I should expect out of every single man. I'm shocked now if a man is a virgin. Like all my bachelor girls out there love the bachelor, love the bachelorette. It's more of like my like guilty pleasure because it's like actually I don't, I think it's a terrible show. Like I don't think that all these men and women should compete against each other to be with somebody. Like that's not great, but it's my guilty pleasure. Leave me alone. But when Colton Underwood was a bachelor, I mean, his biggest thing ever was that he was a virgin and nobody could believe it. And oh my God. And they just made it the biggest thing in the world that a man was a virgin. And it's like, okay, cool. Why does that matter? Why does that matter so much? And I'm sure before him, there was previous, I didn't watch all the seasons before, so I can't speak to this fully but I'm sure there were girls in those seasons who hadn't had sex and did they make that as a big of a deal and if they did why does it also matter like why is it that big of a deal why do we have to just capitalize on that and so it's just the biggest deal in the world that this man was a virgin and how could he be a virgin and that just goes to the narrative that it's okay if men sleep around and women we just can't do that because we will be used and dirty and bad so that was really that was really tough for me Um, and then the last way that it affected me was, I don't, this necessarily didn't affect me like personally because I've not experienced any kind of sexual abuse or rape, but this is something I have thought about a lot. So I wanted to include it that, um, the purity culture narrative just shames any person who has had sex before they're married, even if it wasn't their choice. So we tend to leave out of the conversation of, hey, if if you have been sexually abused or raped, like you are still beautiful. Jesus still loves you. He still sees you as perfect and whole and you have a future and hope and all this stuff. Like we don't say those things. We just assume that everyone in the room has never been abused or raped. And that is just not okay because I know that there are so many men and women who have experienced that and we just leave them completely out of the conversation and so we just continue to shame them because I, I guarantee you they already feel enough shame and hurt around what what happened to them and so they don't they don't need the purity culture people coming in and talking about how bad sex is before you're married when it honestly wasn't their choice so if it wasn't their choice are they dirty quote dirty too like no, <laughs> obviously, oh, I don't think anyone's dirty, but that narrative that you are dirty if you have sex before you're married and, and that just continues to just put wound or just like hurt the wound that the person already has around that experience that they had. And so we just leave that out of the conversation. 
we've got to start bringing that in and create a safe space for those who have experienced that kind of abuse and rape. And that's just um, so important for us to talk about because we just leave it out. We just leave that out of the conversation. Like it's, I don't, I don't remember ever being in a room where that was talked about. Like they would talk about sex and then, and then include, but if this did happen to you, like here's all these positive, like good things that Jesus sees you and loves you. And I'm here to talk and we can get you help or like that was never, um, never talked about. It just was always left out. And so, um, it could have been some not, or someone didn't even have a choice to have sex before they're married. And we just lumped them in with the rest of the conversation. And that's just really not okay. Like I said, that's not something necessarily completely personal, but I've been thinking about it a lot, and so I wanted to include that as well. So, with all that being said, all the things, um, I felt like this was the better way to go about purity culture, um, talking about how it affected me personally, because honestly, I was able to have this conversation with a lot more grace than I had the other week, because um, if I'm being honest, I'm pretty angry about all of it, um, and I'm pretty upset at the way it's talked about in general and how we also hold everyone to Christian standards when not everyone's a Christian. And so why would we hold those standards to somebody who don't profess faith? And so just the way that we um, talk about sex to, to females is just, it's just not okay. It's just really not. And so um, I think it's affected us all in different kind of ways. And so these are just the ways that it has affected me personally. And I know if I sat down and really thought about it, I could probably list out 15 more, which is really sad. But um, I did just want to kind of narrow it down to all the things and talk about that. So I want to hear from you, though. I want to hear from you on how purity cultures affected you. A lot of you have already sent it in, but if this has sparked a thought or another conversation, um, please let me know because I want to talk about it. These are some things we're talking about in the Say What Facebook group. So if you want to be in that, please let me know. I can add you to it or you can just search say what community on Facebook and the group should pop up. So, but thank you guys so much for chatting with me about this. Thank you for giving me grace on releasing this um, a day late. I feel like it was needed and I feel honestly a lot better about this episode than I did the one I recorded before. Um, but yeah, next week I'm going to be giving some resources because I think I found a really good one um, that I'm excited to share with you that teaches um, sex in, in a good, really positive way. And it is through a Christian lens. And so I, um, I'm really excited to talk about that next week and how we can do better and um, how we can go from here because all this was pretty harsh. And so, like, what do we do next time? How do we get better? And so we're going to talk about that next week. And so I want to hear from you. If you have experienced this kind of purity culture and these things spoken over you, how did you overcome it? What were some tools that you used or found that was helpful for you? Um, what were some people that, will help, that were helpful for you that talked about sex in a positive positive way. Um, let me know because I want to I'm trying to build my resource list right now. And so if you had those, please send them my way it would be super helpful. Um, but yeah, 
Well, I love you so much, Say What Fam. If you love this podcast, please, guys, just leave me a review um, on Apple Podcasts and rate me. Um, it takes two seconds, and it would just be super helpful for me. Um, so I appreciate that so much. But I love you guys. Make sure to follow the Instagram. That's where we continue a lot of these conversations at. Um, and remember, you're not alone. We are all working through something, and you are not the only one in the world. And I am here to talk through it with you. So if there's something you got going on, send me a message. I will respond. I promise. I love you guys so much and hope that you have the best rest of your week and we'll talk soon.